1, Luke chapter 1, and I want to preach a message entitled, Nothing is Impossible. Let's say that together, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God, amen? Do you believe that? Amen? Nothing is impossible. This morning, I want to begin a three-week Christmas series, and we're going to draw every week out of the Gospel of Luke because we're preaching through the Gospel of Luke on Sunday mornings. This morning, we're going to look, we're going to look at the greatest and most significant birth announcement that was ever given in history. And then, next Sunday, we're going to look at Mary's incredible song. The week after that, our choir will be singing on Sunday morning. And then, listen, then the Sunday before Christmas, we're going to look at the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. This is a wonderful, listen, a wonderful time of year. Amen? I agree, and I know you agree, with that great theologian, Andy Williams, that said, it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? It is. But it has nothing to do with kids a-jingle-belling. It has nothing to do with that or everyone telling to be of good cheer. It has nothing to do with that there'll be parties for hosting and marshmallows for toasting. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with there'll be much mistletoeing and all hearts will be glowing. But can I tell you why it's the hap, happiest season of all? It's because Jesus, King Jesus, came from heaven to earth. We call that the incarnation. We call that the hypostatic union. Our Savior, 100% man and 100% God. The God-man. And we read about it here in this passage of Scripture. So take your Bible, Luke chapter 1, and if you would stand in honor and reverence to God's holy word, if you are willing and able. And let's begin in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. The Bible says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. 
and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived and a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. Look at verse 37. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray together. Our Father God, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you, Lord, and we thank you so much that we can be right here, right now. Father, I pray that you would be with us this morning as we study your word, that you would give us clarity of thought and excellent recall of the things, Father, for me, that I've looked over those things that I've bathed in prayer. Oh God, I pray this morning that we might see truth. Lord God, would you draw a circle around this preacher let the fire of glory fall within it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There are three observations that I'd like to make in this passage of Scripture. First of all, it does not matter where you are from. As we look at this passage, I just want to remind you that that it does not matter where we are from because nothing is impossible with God. When we arrive at Luke chapter 1, Gabriel breaks 400 years of silence. When we arrive at our text, uh, heaven has been offline for some four centuries. And then God sends this angel, Gabriel, to a place called Nazareth. But if you look at the text, it's interesting that the Holy Spirit gives us uh, this other little place here that's a larger place. It's called Galilee. Notice, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And the reason for that is this, no one really knew anything about Nazareth. So like many years ago, I preached a revival in, listen to this, Lickskillet, Alabama. Every time I tell someone that I preached a revival in Lickskillet, Alabama, they look at me and their eyes cross, and then I say, it's near Huntsville, Alabama. And then they say, oh, okay. It's the same with Nazareth. No one really had heard of Nazareth. It's not even mentioned in the Old Testament, and the great historian Josephus did not even mention it either. It was a very small village with just several hundred people, about 75 miles or 100 miles north of Jerusalem. 
Uh, you can look at it like this, one uh, red light and one post office. It was just really uh, a little bit off the beaten path. It was just a small, small village, listen, with a bad reputation. Do you remember in John chapter 1 and verse 46, I believe it is, that Nathanael said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, I've got the answer to that, and the answer is yes. Because his name is Jesus, amen? Seven times in the New Testament, the Bible says, Jesus of Nazareth. And so I'm telling you this morning, it does not matter where you're from. It, it, you may be from accident, Maryland. Or you may be, listen, from Chicken, Alaska. There's a place called that. Or, or you may be from Cut and Shoot, Texas, or Embarrass, Minnesota. You may be from Mosquitoville, Vermont. Or you may be from nothing, Arizona, or why not, North Carolina. Or you're sitting here, you may be from Hickson, or Soddy Daisy. Or you may be from Red Bank, or East Ridge, or even East Lake. Listen, it doesn't matter where you're from this Christmas season, because nothing is impossible with God. Mary and Joseph got this word in a little place called Nazareth. The second thing is this, not only it does not matter where you're from, but the second observation is this, it does not matter who you are in and of yourself. It doesn't matter. Mary was a, a young girl, probably 13 or 14 years of age. Joseph was a carpenter. And it says, if you notice in our text, in verse 27, it uses a couple of words there in verse 27 to sort of um, describe this relationship. First of all, it says that they were betrothed together. There was a betrothal. When you look at that, this is something in that day where it was arranged by the parents. It was a binding and legal arrangement. It could only be dissolved through divorce or death. It was much more binding than engagement in our day and age. If the man died in this arrangement, the woman would actually be called a widow. And so we find that Mary and, and Joseph were betrothed together. They were living in their separate homes. Their marriage had not been consummated, but they were uh, betrothed. And then it says this, that Mary was a virgin. I want you to notice in your copy of God's Word in verse 27 that it mentions that twice. Look at verse 27. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Notice, of the house of David... And the virgin's name was Mary. And then if you'll notice down in verse 35, it says something else. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, 
and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And then back up one other verse. Mary, in verse 34, said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Jesus was virgin-born. Larry King said this. Someone asked him this question. If you could interview anyone in history, who would you want to interview? And Larry King said, I would want to interview Jesus Christ. And they said, if you interviewed Jesus, what question, what one question would you want to ask of Jesus Christ? And he said this, I would ask him the question, are you virgin born? He said, because the answer to that question would define my history and my life. Friend, the answer to that question defines your life, and it defines my life. And upon the authority of God's Word, the answer to that question is yes, Jesus was virgin born. Listen, we find that, and it's mentioned 700 years before His birth. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, listen to these words. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call His name Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. So 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah gives us that incredible prophecy. When you look at this truth and just look at history, there have been some amazing births in history. There really has been. Um, in 1934, it was the first time that quintuplets were born and survived. Quintuplets. In 1974, it was the first time that sextuplets had been born. Can you imagine that? Six babies. In 1997, it was the first time that septuplets had been born. Say, so what does that mean? Seven babies. And then in 2008, it was the first time that octuplets had been born. That's eight babies born. Whew. It reminds me of the funny little story of of uh, three dads that were sitting in uh, the delivery waiting area. And that's before dads went back like we do now uh, into the delivery room. They were in the waiting area and, and a nurse walked in with two beautiful baby boys and looked at the father and said, Look, your wife had twins. And he said, How remarkable. I play second base for the Minnesota Twins. That's amazing. About an hour later, a nurse came back in holding triplets and looked at the, another father and said, Look, your wife gave birth to triplets. And he said, 
That's amazing. I'm a supervisor at the 3M company. About that time, the third father got up and took out running. And they said, what in the world's wrong? He said, I work for 7-Up. I'm out of here. Amen? I'm out of here. Fred, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, all of these births are amazing. Five or six or seven or eight or even one. But when you look at all of these, all of them had a human dad involved. But not in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice again, verse 35. I want you to, to see what the Bible says here. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. You see, Jesus was conceived, He was placed in Mary's womb by a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was involved all through chapter 1, if you'll look at Luke 1 and notice verse 15. The Bible says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Talking about John the Baptist. And then in chapter 1 and verse 41, it says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, notice this, was filled, here it is again, with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 67, we see this. Now his father Zacharias was filled, listen, with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying. And so over and over, we see in this Christmas story that the Holy Spirit was active, and here in the life of Jesus, definitely, definitely active. We see the betrothal. We see that she, he was virgin born. Don't you notice verse 28? Notice what the Bible says in verse 28 of our text. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Highly favored one. You ought to underline that in your Bible. But I want to tell you what that does not mean. Highly favored one does not mean that Mary is a co-redeemer. Highly favored one does not mean that Mary is an intercessor and, and that we pray to Mary. It does not mean that she was sinless. That's not what that means. We'll see that in another passage next week, that she needed a Savior. It does not mean that Mary is the Queen of Heaven. That's not what that means. I love what John MacArthur said. John MacArthur said that Mary was a recipient of God's grace, not a dispenser of it. Mary was a recipient of God's grace, not a dispenser of it. She was highly favored. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, I think it is, and verse 8, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
first time that it's mentioned in the Old Testament. And here we have this grace, this being highly favored here in the New Testament. But what I want you to understand is this, it has nothing to do with Noah and it has nothing to do with Mary. This grace has everything to do with our God. Amen? It has everything to do with God, with Him. It has nothing to do with you and it has nothing to do with me, but everything to do with Him. Verse 29 of our text, the Bible says this, But when she saw Him, she saw the angel, she was troubled at His saying. How do you think you would react if you saw an angel? Can I tell you how I would react if I saw an angel? I would be troubled. I guarantee you that. And, and so would you if, if you saw an angel. It says she was troubled at his saying when she saw him. And considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. There's that word again with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Don't you love that name, Jesus? Let's say that name together, Jesus. Say it one more time, Jesus. Say it one more time, Jesus. Don't you love the name, Jesus? We've done this before, but I, I want to do it again this morning just to to make a point. I want, on the count of three, all of you to scream out your first name. Can you do that for me? This is the audience participation part. All right? On the count of three, give me your first name. One, two, three. Okay? All right, I want you to do it one more time. All right? Because I almost caught it all. All right? I want you to do it one more time. On the count of three, real loud, give me your first name. One, Two, three. Okay. Now on the count of three, I want us all to say Jesus. Can we do that? On the count of three, say Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. Wow. That's good up there, brother. Hey, when it's all about us, it gets confusing. But when it's all about Jesus, it makes sense. Amen. It makes sense when it's all about Him. I love this passage of Scripture. I love this passage of Scripture in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call His name Jesus. And He will be great. Yes, He is. Be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give Him the throne of His Father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Aren't you glad that you're on his side? Be no end. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? That was not doubt. It was just asking for an explanation. How can this be? Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One, He's the only one called a Holy One, who is to be born will be called the Son 
of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And now this is the sixth month for her who is called barren. Why? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Church, I tell you, we have gone through as a church family, we've gone through, it seems like one thing after another, after another, after another. We have gone through as a church family just one tragedy after another, after another, after another. But I'm so glad that we're on the winning side. I'm so glad that we call out to a God where nothing is impossible with our God. Absolutely nothing is impossible with God. Even our Jamaica family hearing of Marlon's passing last night. 39 years old. It broke our heart. But, but then we look and, and as I said several days ago, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We have hope and His name is Jesus. See, when we look at this passage, we, we realize that nothing is impossible with God. That's such an important truth that it's mentioned several times in God's Word. In Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14, listen to these words. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I know the answer to that, and the answer is no. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. The Bible says this, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens... And the earth, by your great power and outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. And then in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26, the Bible says this, Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. All things are possible with God. So church, listen, it does not matter uh, where you're from. It does not matter who you are in and of yourself. And third and finally, the third observation is this, it does not matter, or it does matter rather, it does matter how you respond. It does matter how you respond. I want you to notice verse 38 of chapter 1 of Luke. Notice what the Bible says. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Look at this response. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want you to think about this. This response of faith could have meant divorce for her of this arrangement that she was in, this binding legal arrangement. It could have meant divorce. It could have meant that she was forced from her home, her family and friends. It, it could have meant that she would never be able to marry again. It could have meant public shame. But she, she said, listen, let it be to me. Just like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. 
or Esther, if I perish, I perish. Why? Because nothing is impossible with God. No matter what you're going through on this morning this, of this Christmas season, it can be the most wonderful time of the year because nothing is impossible with God. That's what the Word of God says. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. We're going to have a time of decision this morning. We're going to have a time of decision where I'm going to ask you just to search your heart. First of all, just search your heart and make sure this morning that you're here and and you have given your heart to Christ. Jesus came to live and to die on the cross to give His life what will your response be? doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. But just like in the life of Mary, it matters how you respond. Will you have a ready yes? Are you here this morning and, and you're not sure that you've ever given your heart to Christ? In just a moment when we sing, why not come and just place your hand in mine and just say, Preacher, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to be saved today. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that you have been saved, but you're not walking with the Lord the way that you should be walking with the Lord. Maybe you just want to recommit your heart. Maybe today you want to come. You just want to come and get on bended knee down front here somewhere and just spend some time in prayer. Maybe something going on in your heart. Maybe just praying for our church and all of the things that that we've been dealing with. Maybe today's the day you want to join this church and place your life here and begin that process of gathering the information that you need to gather. If you would, just quietly and reverently, would you stand? I'm going to pray. Just stand and I'm going to pray and then we'll sing and you come. Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we bow before you. Father, I just pray. God, I pray today that we would respond in obedience. Lord, that's what Mary did when this incredible birth announcement was made. She responded, God, in faith and obedience. Be with that one, two, three, or more that need to come to Christ. Be with those that need to come and just get on bended knee for prayer. Or maybe some that want to come and begin placing their lives here. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Let's sing together.